0: you, Father God. And let's just bow our heads right now. Father, we thank you that your presence is in this house this morning, Lord God, that we came here for a reason this morning, Lord, that you are beginning to speak life to our souls this morning, souls that are fragmented, souls that are, are broken, souls that have been stomped on by this world, by people this week, and God, we feel life coming back into us right now, Lord God. And that's what, the, that's what you're all about. You are a life speaker, Lord God. As you speak, suddenly things are restored. As, as you speak, suddenly things become new once again, Father. And Father, we, we cast those burdens on you this morning, Lord God. Pray, Father, that our, our hearts will be open to be convicted this morning through your word, Lord God. Your word became flesh through Jesus, and that's who we are going to meet with this morning. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, and everybody says amen. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap, if you would, this morning. And you guys have been standing for a little bit, so why don't you just, just greet a few people around you, welcome them to Shore Christian Church with a handshake or a hug, and then you can go ahead and take your seat. am uh, a little bit a little bit tired this morning but I feel like I just got refreshed. We were last night in in Philadelphia uh for a wedding. And uh, it was the first time I've ever been to a wedding where they forgot the rings. <laughs> and um it, it was probably the, uh, the, the fanciest wedding I've ever been to at the, uh, the Union League in Philadelphia. Um, you know, just everything was the best, most expensive. But it just shows you could have everything figured out, but sometimes you forget the most important thing, right? <laughs> and so that's what we're going to give you this morning. We're going to give you the most important thing. We're going to give you Jesus. We're going to give you hope because you could have everything and have nothing. Um, go with me to Judges chapter six and verse one. And uh, we're starting a new series this this morning. You guys know that. And uh, the the series is going to be called Tattoos, Piercings, and Rip Jeans. And yes, you are in church this morning. And we're we we're, we're, I'm sure a lot of you have heard sermons about you know <laughs> about you you never need to get a tattoo. Tattoos are of the devil. You're not going to get that kind of sermon this morning uh, because we're not a religious church, and and religion will will tell you you can't do this, don't do this, can't get a, your ear pierced, can't get a tattoo, or you're going to hell. You got to dress a certain way. Uh, but we've been set free by religion. We've been set free from that mindset that. That God looks at us and He doesn't care what we wear, what we look like. He looks at our hearts and said, Do you have a heart after me? Do you have a heart that wants to worship me? I don't care if you have tattoos, ripped jeans, or piercings. I am the living God that wants to live inside of you. And some of the most powerful men and women of God I have met have had tattoos all over their arms and and some crazy haircuts, but they have a heart pure before the Lord. And some of the scariest, most uh, hurtful people I've ever met were the best-looking, cleanest-cut people, button-down shirt and tie. Nothing against people with button-down shirts and ties. I'm not hating on anybody. I'm just saying that we serve a God who looks at the heart. I wear button-down shirts, so you, you know you, I'm, I'm not hating, okay? I'm not hating on anybody. I just want everybody to know that, that Jesus looks at the inner you. Judges chapter... 6 and verse, and we'll start in verse 1. This is the story about a guy named Gideon. We just got finished with uh, Samson and now we're going to open this up by talking a little bit about this guy named Gideon. And uh, this is the environment that Gideon was born into because a lot of times uh, the environments that we're born into, the, the what we're exposed to at an early age has a, has a big impact on how we respond to God, how we respond to, to tension, how we respond in life. And uh, verse 1 talks about what Gideon was born into. It says, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them to the hands of the Midianites for seven years. And the, the, the Midianites prevailed against Israel, and the Midianites uh, made and forced the children of Israel to live in Caves and dens. They pushed them out of their houses. They were in poverty. They were, they were homeless in a lot of ways. And they had to live in caves, verse 3. And so it was whenever Israel had sown, whenever Israel went to, to go grow and, and, and make money and, and be able to produce a harvest and, and sow and reap, that the Midianites would come up against them. And they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza, and leave no substance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock in their tents, coming in as numerous as the locusts, the Midianites would. And they would take and and destroy their camels, and they would be without number as they attacked them and destroyed the Israelites. This is the environment that this uh, young man Gideon was born into. And then he has an incredible moment where an angel of the Lord appears to him. And, and I believe that, that angels of the Lord appear to us in so many different ways. That a lot of times we entertain angels and are unaware, the Bible says. And, and there, there could be an angel of the Lord that speaks to you this morning. And, and that, that angel has a message of hope for you. And a lot of times because of the tattoos that we wear, not talking about physical tattoos. I'm talking about mental tattoos. Uh, dictate how we respond to that word God speaks. And, and listen to Gideon's response. It says, verse 11, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under a tree and began to, to share and speak to Gideon. Verse 12, The angel of the Lord said to him, The Lord is with you, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, oh my Lord, anyone ever say that? Oh my Lord, if you only knew what I'm going through, you would not be coming to me. And and Gideon said, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, Why has all of this happened to us? Why has this all happened to me? Why did I grow up homeless? Why did I grow up in a cave? Why did I grow up in poverty? Why did I grow up in the environment that you allowed me to grow up in? And where are all your miracles? You know, the miracles that we read about in the Bible that our fathers told us about. Where's your deliverance, God? How could you allow me to grow up and go through what I went through? Sound familiar? And that's what what Gideon's saying to his angel. And then verse 14, the angel tries again. It says, then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel. I'm going to use you to be a deliverer to this nation. And and from the hand of the Midianites, and I have sent you. Verse 15, so he said to him, oh my Lord, again, how can I save Israel? I am the weakest in my family and I am the weakest in my nation and in my clan. That was his response. And, and then I want to go to Revelation chapter 19 and just read a scripture that maybe you guys never heard in this context before, remember, never read before. Um, but did you know that Jesus has a tattoo? <laughs> Verse, verse 16, Revelation chapter 19, verse 16, and, and this, is, this is speaking about, about Jesus, and maybe I'll start in verse 15. Now, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with it he will strike the nations. We serve a mighty God. And he himself will rule them with an iron rod, and, and then verse 16, and he has on his robe, a white robe, and on his thigh, a name written. He's got a thigh tattoo. Jesus does. King of kings and Lord of lords. That's my Jesus. King of kings and Lord of lords. I want to speak to you on the topic of permanently inked. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for freedom. We thank you for your presence that is so obviously in this place. Lord, I, pray that you will speak through me, Word God. Uh, help me to communicate this message in the best possible way, Word God. That people will receive what is from you and, and spit out maybe some things that are not of you, Word God. But, but use my lips to deliver this message. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Tattoos have become incredibly popular in America. Has anyone noticed this yet? Who, who, who here has a tattoo? All right, everybody look around. Everybody look around. Anyone surprise you that has a tattoo with their hand up? <laughs> um, yeah, I remember the, the first first time I got a tattoo. Um, my, my mom spent like five hours trying to rub it off with rubbing alcohol. Um, and, and, I, and now she's accepted me. She, you know, she's, she loves me still. I, I love you too, Mom. Your day is coming. <laughs> Four out of every ten Americans have a tattoo, four out of every 10. The most tattooed country in the world, and some of you came from this country, the country of Italy, that's right, Italy. 48% of all the, the people in Italy uh, have a tattoo. Actually, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the country, or the city, I should say, with the most tattoo parlors is Hong Kong. Where and, and tattoos are illegal in China, it just goes to say, so when you tell somebody don't do it, you'll end up having more tattoo parlors in that place than any other city in the world. Uh, and we, we actually had had some people send in uh, some pictures of uh, of their tattoos, and we had uh, th- th- these are some 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 tattoos from people uh, within our congregation right here. Uh, pretty pretty awesome. One person, uh, Robin Smith, said that her. Faith-Based Tattoo is such a great conversational piece. Uh, Philip, not Philip Burgess, another Philip, working on two sleeves of a billboard for Christ. Billboard for Christ, that's awesome. I love that. Let's just leave it right there. Billboard for Christ. Uh, What's the next one uh, say? This is Dave Joyner, uh, a cross where Jesus gave his life for the forgiveness of all man's sins and rose again in the fulfillment of the scripture. I love reminding myself every day of that permanently inked a famous tattoo artist from the united kingdom said this about why people get tattoos he said before a tattoo is ever placed on their body it is already tattooed on their mind all they are doing is displaying outwardly what they have already decided privately In their mind. And the angle that I want to look at is maybe you don't have a tattoo physically, but we have an adversary who wants to tattoo and permanently ink your mind into thinking that you are a certain person, that you are what other people say you are, that you are what your past says you are. And he's called the accuser of the brethren. And he will accuse you day and night. That, that voice that wants to permanently ink your mind. And so eventually what happens in your mind ends up coming forth in your behavior. Uh, but we, we serve in AD, right? We're, we're, this is AD, already defeated devil. And, and he could try and ink our minds all he wants. But I have a Savior who knows how to remove tattoos. And that's the angle I want to look at this morning. Uh, a, a lot of people fall for this strategy that, that, that Satan will use, and he's used it on me, and he's probably used it on you, where he'll, he'll get you to fall to a, an embarrassing sin or a or, or, or big failure. And, and that's not what dominates the rest of your life. It is the residual mental tattoo that he wants to put on on your mind that you are what they say you are or 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 that event is going to define you the rest of your life and 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 you 're a a born failure or, or you're always going to be less than other people and and it gets tattooed on your mind and you begin believing that voice more so than the voice of truth trying to speak over your life and it becomes this this behavior that a lot of people can't even explain, but it's, it's this permanent tattoo that we have on our mind. 70% of Americans have been sexually assaulted before the age of 35. 90% females. And that tattoo comes on you, saying that, that that's who you are. And, and the shame that comes from that and and the self doubt and the self depreciation that comes from these events that have taken place in our past. And, and Satan will try and tell you that is who you are. You're, you're filthy. You should be ashamed of yourself. You should be embarrassed for what you've done. And, and then you hide. And then that, that voice comes to you at night. And, and then you start to look for other ways to get rid of that tattoo and cover it up. And and, and so many people look in the mirror, and you're so beautiful. You're you, you have an incredible physique, and yet you see yourself as ugly and an and eating disorder develops because you have been tattooed in your mind that you are ugly. Because the deceiver has come to you day and night and has permanently inked your mind. And this is exactly what happened to Gideon. The Bible says that as a person, as a man or a woman thinketh, so is he, so is she. Whatever you think about yourself is gonna manifest on the outside. And Gideon had an angel of the Lord come to him, but because of who he thought he was, he saw himself as weak. He saw himself as, as not good enough to be a deliverer of Israel, because he believed that tattoo that had been put on his brain, on his mind. I thought about, in in the Bible, this guy by the name of Moses. Moses came to a place he saw a burning bush that was burning but not consumed. And the voice of God came to him. said, I'm going to use you, Moses. And Moses' first response was, who am I? Who am I?" I? I thought to myself, why would Moses say that? Why would he speak that way? I, I mean, he's seen the, a, a burning bush. He's seeing and hearing the voice of God. How, how could you respond that way? If God calls you, then he has equipped you for the task that he's calling you to fulfill. How could Moses say that? And, and I thought about Moses, and I thought about something interesting that Moses went through when he was younger. Moses never met his father. And I, I thought, you know what? So many, so many people grow up with no father. And I, and I thought I, I'd, I'd look up a, a little bit about some statistics in America. And I, I, I couldn't believe what I, what I read. 43% of children in America grow up in a home without a father, over 24 million children under the age of 18. This is disturbing. 90% of homeless and runaway children come from fatherless homes. 85% of men and women sitting in prison right now came from fatherless homes. 71% of teenagers that became pregnant came from fatherless homes. Why? Because there was a tattoo that came on them that spoke to that young person, that child, that you're less than, it's your fault. And, and, and you're never gonna be able to amount to as much as somebody else because you're less than. And that, that tattoo came on that child at an early age. And, and then you try and fill it with, with pride and anger and, and sex and, and frustration and, and on and on and on and on it goes. But we serve the God that says, I'm the father to the fatherless. And, and this church is here to, to, to parent young men and young women. That's why the church is here. That that you may have been forsaken by your father or your mother, but God has not forsaken you. And whenever the world pulls something out of your life, God will always bring something new in your life that is better. When God speaks a word, it is always a better word. But you can't allow that tattoo to come on your mind that you're less than, you're worthless. You should be ashamed of yourself. In 1929, there was a, a world record that was set in the uh, one mile. This uh, guy's name was Walter George, ran the, the one mile in four minutes and nine seconds, set the world record. And for 36 years, nobody could even shave a second off of that time. In that same year, there were two young men that were born in a hospital in England. They were born in very poor circumstances, very poor conditions. And in that time, the the, the poor families in England, they weren't really given very good medical attention. And, and when these two kids were born, they were both diagnosed with this, this disorder that would keep them from walking. Uh, it would keep them, if they allowed it, in a wheelchair the rest of their life. And, and one of those young men, he, he was... Um, he, he was given a wheelchair and he never left that wheelchair the rest of his life. And there was another young man who was given the same exact diagnosis in 1929. And I, I like to think of him as the original Forrest Gump. And his parents said when he was eight years old, he made this statement I'm not going to just walk, but I'm going to run. And his name was Roger Bannister. And in 1954, he set the world record by running the first ever sub-four-minute mile it had never been done before. No one had ever been able to get—it was like a psychological tattoo on everyone's mind that you can't run a mile under four minutes— And then Roger Bannister, this boy that was never supposed to walk or run, broke it. And right after he broke that four-minute mile, the next four years, 25 other people broke the four-minute mile. Why? Because the tattoo had been removed. That tattoo that said it's not possible, it'll never be done, you're not physically capable of accomplishing something like that. When it was removed, suddenly the floodgates were open and people began believing that I could do that, I could run, I could be that fast, I don't care what other people say. The best or maybe even the worst part of this story is as medical technologies advanced later on, they discovered that that boy that never walked, that was in a wheelchair that he was misdiagnosed. And because he never developed the muscles around his legs, that he was in a wheelchair the rest of his life. And then they, they, they looked at Roger Bannister, and they said, you actually did have the handicap disorder in your legs, but because you strengthened your legs, you were able to do the impossible. Don't ever let somebody speak something over your life that keeps you in the wheelchair. You say, you know what? I'm going to take that tattoo off of my mind. Don't care what I've been through. Don't care what I've done. I believe that God can set me free. I believe that if I could take a step, God will move the other leg and help me take another step. I will never allow that tattoo to permanently ink my mind, telling me what I can or I can't do. One of my good friends told me the story about the bumblebee just popped in my head. Uh, it, it, the bumblebee is not supposed to fly. Did you know this? The bumblebee's too fat to fly. But the bumblebee doesn't know he's too fat to fly. Some of you need to know that you're not too fat to fly. <laughs> you may have some small, tiny wings and a lot of baggage from your past, but you're not too fat to fly turn the person next to you and say you're not too fat to fly we are going higher thank you holy spirit for bringing that into my mind this morning Romans 12 verse 1 says do not be conformed or tattooed by this world but be transformed by the renewing of your, that's what we're doing this morning. You're getting a, a, a head shampoo by the Holy Spirit this morning. You're, you're getting a, a, a washed brain, washing all that filth that the world tried to get you to conform to. For if anybody be in Christ, anybody, you are a new creation. Old things passed away. Behold, all things are new. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14, it says, but their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains, blocking them, tattooing them, of the old covenant is read. It has not been renewed, because only in Christ it is taken away. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. In the 1970s, there was a bank robbery uh, in, uh, in Germany. And there was this bank robbery with, with men that had guns. They came into this bank, and it, it went wrong. And it ended up that the, the authorities were outside, and they had six hostages inside the bank. And they had uh, barricaded themselves inside a vault with these six hostages. For three weeks, they were in this vault with these six hostages. And, and they so uh, abused these hostages and, and negatively spoke against them and physically assaulted them and physically abused them. And finally, they, they were able to get into the vault and, and all of the hostages were rescued. When they asked the hostages to testify against the people who abused them, they said they weren't that bad of people. They were good people. It was a business decision that they were making. They, they needed the money for their family. And, and these people have been so tattooed by, by these, these abusers, by these evil people. It's known now as Stockholm Syndrome, where people become so sympathetic with their chains, so sympathetic with their abusers, so sympathetic of, of who they used to be, that they begin to accept the chains of bondage that were put on them. That I deserve to be able to be an alcoholic. Look what I've been through. I, I deserve this. I, 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 I should be in bondage. And you get more comfortable in your chains than you do in freedom. Because we actually sometimes will have spiritual Stockholm Syndrome, where we would rather be in the predictability of, of bondage than the uncertainty of freedom. Because when you're free, you have responsibility. And that's the same thing that happened to, to Moses. Moses and the people of Israel, he was leading them into freedom, but they said, we were so much better when we were enslaved. At least we had something to eat. At least we had people feeding us. Yeah, but you were, you were in bondage. And so that sometimes that tattoo will come at you and say, man, it used to be so good. Man, look what you had. You, you were able to, to, to enjoy your life. You didn't have to answer to anybody Yeah, but you were in bondage. People all the time say, I want to be free to do whatever I want. And then, when you want to be free to do whatever you want, you end up being more bound in your life than you've ever been before. I I want to do drugs. I want to drink. I want to sleep with this person. I I want to do what I want to do. And then, emotionally, you get in more bondage trying to pursue your own freedom. The devil is a liar. There's two ways. To remove a tattoo. Who, who wants to get a, a, a mental tattoo removed this morning? Something's been trying to get on your mind. The first way that you could do it, probably the most common way, is the cover-up. The cover-up. Anyone ever try, you got a tattoo you didn't like? You know, that when you were 19 and you were drunk and you got like Snoopy tattooed on your arm? Yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and, and you, you could do the cover-up. And some people will wear long sleeve shirts or they'll put makeup on it. Um, someone in, in, in our family that we haven't seen in a while got a, a tattoo on, on his forehead. And wanted to put my son's name on his forehead. But instead of Judah, he, they spelled it Judea. And so, <laughs> so he's got Judea, you know, and he puts makeup on to, to cover it up, Right. Sorry, people get some stupid tattoos, right? Who's gotten a bad tattoo if you're, if you're a couple? Yeah, yeah, a few people. Yeah. And you can, you can cover it up. And that's what we do a lot of times. We like to do the cover-up. See, we like to cover up our, our insecurities with other things. You know, the number one thing I think we like to cover up with is gossiping about other people. You know, anyone ever find that talking about somebody else kind of makes you feel better? Can I, can I preach this morning? Can I be honest? Okay. I, I know like, like, like when you, you get a great song, everyone's shouting, but when I'm getting real, people get real quiet. <laughs> you know, we, we like, the, the other night uh, at, at the wedding, someone was saying, man, this, they probably spent like $300,000 on this wedding. Man, do you know, you know how many, how many you know, mouths you could feed with the amount of money spent on this wedding? We love talking about other people's money, don't we? Because it makes us feel better about what we're not doing with our own money. So I'm just going to talk about what they should be doing with their money. When you just need to worry about what you're doing with your money and managing your own money and being generous with your own money. What are you doing with your own money? Stop complaining about everybody else's. But we like, it makes us feel good about ourselves. You know, worry about how you're raising your own kids. Don't worry about how I'm raising my kids. But sometimes it makes us feel better. We, we cover it up. We cover it up by by talking about how successful we are. You know, talking about ourselves. Anyone ever meets, all they do is talk about themselves in a conversation. One thing I try to do, I'm not always successful at doing it. My father uh, taught me at a young age, whenever you're talking to somebody, try and make them f- feel like the most important person in your life at that time. And you don't do that by talking about yourself all the time. And, and another way I, I thought that we, we, we cover things up is is we try, and, we try and point out and cover up our insecurities by accepting them. This is just who I am. So we cover it up by sympathizing with our insecurities, getting comfortable with who we are rather than challenging our flaws and saying, I could do better. God, help me to grow in this area. God doesn't want you to be comfortable. He wants to confront you're comfortable. And the second way that you could get a tattoo removed is the way that it is gone forever. Forever. And that is through tattoo removal. Anyone ever got a, a tattoo removed through a laser light? <laughs> Nobody. I, I actually I had a neck tattoo when I was 14, and I had that removed. I'm just kidding. Didn't now. But the way that they remove a, a tattoo, permanent, not cover it up, but actually remove it, is they take this laser light and they shoot this laser light. takes takes between eight to twelve months to get it completely removed. They take this laser light and they and they hit this the tattoo with the light with the light. It's it's, it's bright. It, it's it, it's able to break up the particles of the tattoo. But if you just had a piece of skin hitting that light, it would burn up like that because it breaks down the the ink into the bloodstream and then the blood begins to cleanse the ink out of your system the light and the blood and what we're doing this morning is we're shooting light on you the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path Jesus said I am the light And as we begin to hear God's word spoken over our life, you're the head and not the tail. I was young and now old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Some trust in horses, some in cherries, but I trust in the name of the Lord, that the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it, and they are safe, that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword and could cut out any tattoos that Satan has tried to put in my life, in my head. And when you hear that light it begins to break up, That residue begins to, but the light alone is legalism. The light alone is is just the Logos word of God. But you have to have the blood. You have to have the blood of Jesus to begin to cleanse you. The light begins to break it up, but the blood of Jesus will cleanse that old tattoo out of your life, where you begin to think different. You begin to see yourself differently as the word speaks over your life and the blood of Jesus cleanses you from head to toe. Proverbs, this, this, this verse is gonna freak you guys out. Proverbs chapter 16. By mercy and truth, iniquity is Purged. Mercy is the blood of Jesus. Truth is the, is the light, the light, breaking that up right now. God wants to set you free this morning. Stop living comfortably with your dysfunction. Stop getting comfortable with what Satan has tried to tattoo on your mind about who you are. Begin to hear what God says about you. Begin to put your faith in the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from head to toe. Just stand to your feet right now. Worship team, you guys could, could come on up. When Jesus speaks, are you listening? Are you able to give him that part of your life that you've held back? That mindset that you've held on to for so long. The way that you've seen yourself for so long. What was done to you so long ago has become a defining moment in your life more so than the moment that you gave your life to Jesus. The devil will try and tattoo your mind for the rest of your life if he'll, you'll allow him to. God wants to set you free. One last scripture I want to read. It's in the book of Revelation. He who overcomes, that's me, I'm an overcomer. The Bible says, you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I'm an overcomer. You're still here. You're here this morning. You're an overcomer. You have already defied the odds. There were so many other people that never thought that you would have made it through what you made it through, but you made it through it. You're here this morning. You are an overcomer. You have already defied the odds that were stacked against you, and I will make him a pillar in the temple of God. You have a pillar that you could lean on this morning. Just like we saw last week, find your pillar. You have a pillar in Christ that cannot be shaken, that you can lean on this morning. And he shall be put out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. You have a new tattoo that God wants to put in your mind this morning. He wants to put it in your heart this morning. He wants to write his name in your life. Write you into his family. Adopt you into his family. That you are a child of God. Let's just close our eyes right now. Bow our heads. If Be gone in Jesus' name. Been living like it's 2009, living off the success from your past too long, letting something that happened to you in 2003 define who you are in 2018 be gone in Jesus' name. You've allowed your mind to control your thoughts, your actions, and how you speak God wants to renew your mind this morning. God wants to give you a new tattoo this morning. God wants to set you free this morning. This message spoke to you. You say, I, I, I need a new tattoo. I, I, I need to get the, this old mindset removed from me. I need God and his light to begin breaking up and his blood to begin to cleanse. If that's you, I just want you to just lift your hand right now. Amen, leave leave, leave it up right now. Haven't done this before, I just wanna walk down the aisle. In in Jesus' name, you you are set free. You are set free, John, in Jesus' name. You are set free in Jesus' name. God has given you a new tattoo this morning, a new mindset, he's renewing your mind right now. Bruce, renewing your mind in Jesus' name. Carissa, you are healed in Jesus' name set free in jesus name cleansing you from head to toe in jesus name minds being renewed bodies being set free in jesus name down the aisle father god we thank you that you are a god of second chances that you are a god that sets us free in jesus name let's just sing that uh, quietly right now nicole let's sing that he who reigns forever you are set free in Jesus name right down this aisle Father God. thank you for your blood that cleanses us from head to toe that we have a new name written our God has
1: overcome who can lead against us Jesus our defender he is Lord and he has overcome he shall reign for Strongholds now Surrender for the Lord Our God has overcome Who can be against us Jesus our defender He is Lord And he has overcome He shall reign forever Strongholds now Surrender for the Lord Jesus, Jesus, Ah. our defender, he is Lord, and he has overcome. Mm. Praise you, Father God.
0: Praise you. Just repeat after me. Thank you, Jesus, for renewing my mind, for removing the old. I am not permanently inked by my past anymore. I am a new creation, I have a new mindset, and who the sun sets free, and that's me, is free indeed, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap if you would. Amen. Uh, at, the, at the top of the stairs, if you have your, your, your offering, we're going to have a couple ushers uh, that'll receive the offering. We'll also have a couple ushers at the front. Uh, if you need prayer for anything in your body, uh, we have some, some leaders that are going to pray for you to my left. If you want to receive communion, uh, we're going to have people that have communion set up to my right. Uh, don't miss next week as we, we talk about piercings and how God wants to pierce our hearts and and what that means for us. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. I'll see you next week. God bless.